0: Do you remember the last time you picked up a pen and noticed the quality? How about a razor you handled that didn't feel cheaply made? When was the last time a product made a true and lasting impression on you? In this era of the mass-produced and disposable, anything lovingly handcrafted seems to be a rare thing. Maybe it's time for a change, and spindle craft can help. At Spindlecraft, passion and superior quality make it stand out from the faceless, automated crowd. Material for each piece of work is thoughtfully chosen, crafted, sanded, and finally polished with the kind of attention to detail and dedication you can't get off of an assembly line. At Spindlecraft, they know that quality of the material is as important as the quality of the craftsmanship, and is a reflection of both the artist and the customer. So, rather than buying some cheap pens or razors that you won't give a second thought, purchase something from Spindlecraft. To see what they have to offer, go to www.spindlecraft.com and at the checkout, enter the word GEEKS. That's G-E-E-K-S to get 10% off. We're sure that once you have a Spindlecraft product in your hand, you won't want to put it down. Welcome to the Freaking Geeks Podcast, the flagship podcast of Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, hosts Michael, Sarah, and Barry crank the geekiness to 11, covering everything from movies and television to pop culture, video games, books, and so much more. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The podcast is produced each week, so feel free to add us to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. The links will be in the show notes. Okay, now it's time to start the show.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me in this episode is Jacob.
2: Hello. Um.
1: All right, Jacob. So this was my turn around to pick the movie for the podcast in our uh, you know, bi, was it, bi-weekly episodes that we do. Uh, we do episode every, what, two weeks? Roughly, yeah. Yeah, roughly two weeks. Um, and I I decided to pick something small. Uh, you had never seen it before, and it's called Midnight Special. So, this is a movie that I, I caught, well, I heard about it, um, when it was out, you know, briefly in theaters. Uh, I heard some people talking about it online and, and everything and i remember seeing it on rotten tomatoes like it was getting some good reviews and i thought oh, okay this kind of sounds interesting and you know like a lot of movies you just kind of forget about it because other things pop up and i ended up catching this on tv um about eight months ago uh, it was just coming on i didn't even know it was midnight special at the time because uh, something else had had just ended a movie and it had just gone on to this and, and it popped up and I thought okay I have nothing to do today at least not right now and I'm going to sit and watch this movie and I'll tell you what I I I did like it I I found it to be an interesting movie and um you know I've watched it now 3 times you know including the ones to you know before we recorded this uh, podcast we're doing it now so uh I decided this was a good movie because a um, you hadn't seen it, and be—it's nice to kind of get some of these smaller movies, you know. I mean, doing the, the big releases and and things like that are are great, and every once in a while, it's nice to just kind of review a movie that is not maybe you know is mainstream, you know, it doesn't have the benefit of a big budget advertising campaign and. 4000 theaters and everything like this this was a limited uh release in theaters basically a blink and you'll miss it and that's it so this is a movie that you probably either have to be told by a friend to watch or uh you know you kind of stumble upon which is what i did so uh yeah so this is something that was uh on my mind and i chose it and uh yeah, we're going to we're going to review it. So, uh before we get into any of that though, uh I want to briefly do our geek speak. Um and it's on American Gods season 2 trailer. So, have you seen the season 2 trailer for American Gods? Yes, I have. Okay. <clears throat> so, obviously you're a huge American Gods fan. Yes. And you you subscribe to our patreon because i believe of american gods uh podcast is that correct
2: yeah that's where i first uh interacted with you guys (laughs) because i you guys really were the first ones to really have a whole lot involving american gods because this was back before there was much details of it coming to stars or i think it was when I hopped on and started listening, there was still up in the air about whether or not they were going to go to stars or Amazon or mm-hmm. where they were going to settle and actually get uh, produced by.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we started that up. Um, we wanted to be the first, actually. And uh, we ended up doing that. And, uh, you know, I think we got a pretty. You know sizable uh base fan base of people that uh, have subscribed to the podcast and uh yeah that's the first time you know first place we interacted with you as well and so you know now you're you know on this <laughs> podcast reviewing movies with me so that's pretty cool um for sure so what did you think of the season two trailer
2: um what are your thoughts uh I, I really liked it I okay. liked the fact that they were They're continuing on the path that seems to go into Mad Sweeney's backstory Mm -hmm. a lot more, kind of go into his lore because that's one thing we didn't really get in the book, and that that would be like I remember when I read the book. Every single time, it's like I want to know more about this character. He was such an interesting, unique character in the book, and I love the fact that they're doing that in the show. Uh, I like the fact that they're also even outside of the other characters we've got added so far. It was pretty clear that they're gonna add. I think it was Thor, uh, the way it looked, or at least what I've seen. They're adding Thor into this season.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so like it kind of looked like they had some allusions to him in it in the trailer and the freaking carousel scene. Yeah. Ah, I'm so excited for that.
1: Yep, that's going to be that's going to be interesting. Um very you know, I'm very excited for it and you know, look with all the controversy that we've we've been hearing um all of the turmoil behind the scenes uh you know um just the the um showrunner the next (laughs) showrunner basically being relieved of his duties and not officially fired because it would look bad um reshoots on many of the episodes for the season uh, having to shut production down for for weeks so that they could actually write the script for the finale um you know it it's not good and i'll tell you what if this uh season ends up coming out and even getting close to the quality of season one it's going to be you can almost call it a, a miracle <laughs> yeah. um but i'm hoping you know sarah and i were like really really hope that this ends up being good because it's for everybody involved and i liked i liked the trailer as well i'm just i'm cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. i guess is where i stand at the moment um Obviously, just gonna hold off, wait till it comes out. But I'm hoping that somehow behind the scenes they managed to right right the ship and and do what they had to do. I know Showtime poured. I'm not sure. Sorry, Showtime uh, stars. Poured a lot of money, I believe, their own money, into doing reshoots um, because they weren't happy with the quality of what they were seeing. So maybe with that, you know, more stability at the top and that extra money to do these um, episodes, we work a lot of them. Maybe it'll all come out good in the end, and then that's what we—that's all we can hope for. And uh, we'll see what the season brings.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely hopeful. (laughs) Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's, all you, that's all you can do is just hope yeah. and, and wait. Uh, all right, so let's get into Midnight Special. So the rundown is uh release date. was March 21st, 2016. It was written and directed by Jeff Nichols. A runtime of an hour and 52 minutes with a budget of $18 million, a box office of only $3.7 million. Cast is Michael Shannon, Joel Edgerton, Kirsten Dunst, Adam Driver, Sam Shepard, and Jaden Lieber. Um, Split's plot synopsis is uh, a father and a son go on the run, pursued by a government that has discovered uh, that the boy knows classified information, and as well as a cult that practically worships him for the power he possesses. Uh, and just to like, give you guys all a heads up, this review will be filled with spoilers. So... Just giving you a warning now. Um, so, one sentence review. Um, mine is a, a, a small gem of a film that fits neatly into Jeff Nichols' wheelhouse, with meditations on fatherhood and faith interwoven with nods to the films, uh, the, to the films *Powder* and *Close Encounters of the Third Kind*. Uh, Jacob, what is your one sentence review?
2: Uh, <clears throat> the night special starts with an interesting premise and doesn't rely on exposition for plot points and puts the audience directly on the same page as the characters throughout the entirety of the movie. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: all right. So, uh, let's, let's get into, uh, talking about the movie. And, um, I don't know if I, I'm trying to remember if the last time we did a review, if I, if i told you how we change things up a little bit so now like when we talk uh about the script we're going to give the grade for the script when we're done talking about it instead of waiting to the very end of the review so correct uh okay i couldn't remember if i told you that so um <laughs> all right so uh the script for this this movie um if you look at Jeff Nichols' uh, filmography, and I, and I don't know if you've seen any of his movies. Uh, he did Mud uh, a few years back with Matthew McConaughey. And he did another movie, which I stumbled upon, and I probably would like to review at some point down the road, called Take Shelter. Um, which also stars Michael Shannon. So I believe this is his fourth movie starring Michael Shannon. Um. So it's kind of almost like a director and his muse kind of thing that we see with some other directors uh, like Scorsese and DiCaprio. Um, So it seems like a good pairing. Um, So a lot of of his scripts, they don't pander to the audience, right? And they don't over-explain things. He trusts and respects the, the intelligence of the audience enough to know that they'll come to their own conclusions and/or they'll figure things out, and this script is no different. Like you said, it puts the viewer in uh, the the in place of, of the actors on the screen because you don't often know what's going on, just like the the characters don't, right? So, uh, the beginning of the movie starts out in a hotel, right? A motel, and these two men. There's a boy there. He's reading comics. You don't know who these men are. There's no dialogue that says, hey, that's my son or that's, you know, whoever. Like, you have no idea who these people are. Did they is this the boy's father? Is it an uncle? Is it a friend of the family? Are these two men that just kidnapped this boy? We don't know. Uh you, you just you have no idea. Um it's not until maybe ten minutes into the movie, fifteen minutes in the movie, that you even know that this is this is this little boy's father and it appears to be some uh friend of his okay um talk to me about the script what did you uh appreciate what did you like about the script
2: uh <clears throat> i i like i mentioned in my one sentence i really did like the fact that <clears throat> it didn't uh ha- it didn't do a whole bunch of exposition at the very beginning of the movie because a lot of a lot of times, movies that do that, it it can very easily get just too much, and it it's almost like they're just holding your hand, and like you can't. It doesn't let it feel natural sometimes. Cause yeah, it was really really cool to be able to see as these characters were learning, like finding out how uh, Joel Edgerton's character and Uh, Michael Shannon's character knew each other like it was when he was explaining how he knew him to uh, the boy's mother later on like that was it it was a lot more natural finding out about these characters and I really appreciated that it was a very unique way because so many movies now feel let's just tell every single bit of detail up front and at the very beginning and not really let the characters develop on their own <clears throat> so i i appreciated that a lot I'm, i really enjoyed the kind of on the lamb scenario that he he wrote because it really kept the primi- like it kept the tense feeling throughout the beginning of the movie really well and kind of put you on whether or not are you siding with the dad or are you not like what's going on like why is it? and like when he developed that and explained like the religious cult uh it was just really well done and i appreciated the fact that it, he let us work things out for ourselves
1: yeah he does and you know there's a lot of little details and little things that are eventually mentioned right in exposition but they aren't done it, they aren't front-loaded into the film. Um, and there's other things you just kind of figure out for yourself. So, you know, let's talk about the basic setup of this movie. What's it really about? Okay, so there's these two men. One's uh, the father of this this young boy. And uh, another one ends up being a um, state trooper. Um, Now, the the father and the mother used to, to live, they grew up in this cult, okay? And it's on, you know, it's called The Ranch, right? So, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you're kind of cliched, although to be honest, it looks like it really would exist, um, idea of what a cult would look like. You know, they're in a compound kind of place. There's, you know, farmland. Every The women all wear, you know, dresses. Um, look like they just walked off of, you know, somewhere in the 1850s. Um, their hair is is very, um, it's like braided, you know, a lot of them seem to have braids, um, just very old style looking, you know, ways of dressing and styles to your hair, that kind of thing. And this little boy is also someone who grew up on this compound. And since he was a little child, he has been... he he just knows things or he speaks in tongues randomly or, you know, these are all things that um, the cult has taken to, to mean that he's more or less, I mean, is he the return of, of, of God or or Jesus, or is he some other divine being? Uh, They craft their sermons based on the things that he says and they write it down. And so, uh, you know, there's this date, apparently, which is very important, and it's the day in which something's going to happen. And so the father and his, his friend, the, the state trooper, managed to extract the boy from the compound. We don't see it. We just know it has happened at that point, And they're on the run. And eventually, you know, they meet up with the boy's mother, and she – it looks like she had left um, – the compound – not the compound, the, uh, the ranch at some point in the past as well. These are all people that grew up in, on the ranch, were indoctrinated, uh, and have since left. Uh, they also meet up with another man who also was somebody that left the ranch as well um, in, in the past. Uh, and then as, you know, as the movie kind of continues, uh, then the U.S. government is, is – obviously trying to track this boy down because he the things he said are uh it's information that has been encrypted through satellites i mean basically it's it would be impossible for him to know this and so they want to know how he knows this why he knows it how he's managed to gain access to this information that he should not know that nobody should know and um you know, So you have a combination of the people from the ranch trying to track them down because they feel like this boy is – if he is with them on this date, which is a few days from the beginning of this movie, that they will be fine. Like they'll they it'll be judgment day, the rapture will happen or something like it and they'll be okay. Um, and then the government wants to find them obviously because they need to figure out how this kid knows this stuff that he shouldn't know. And that basically is the premise for the entire movie and everything that happens, you know, is um, just this byproduct of an interesting idea for this movie, the opening, they're already on the run and now you have two groups of people that are chasing them down for totally different reasons. Um. So from a script standpoint, yeah, I think the characters are interesting, I think, you know, but they don't get a, a I guess one of the problems, I guess, would be is we don't get a whole lot of detail about these characters, but you can argue also that that shows a level of restraint as a screenwriter and as a filmmaker, that he's not interested in making sure that you know everything about all these characters, that you know what, exactly what you need to know and nothing more. We don't know need to know what happened to them on the ranch when they were younger. We don't need to know why they were there. None of that matters. All that matters is they used to be on the ranch, they're not on the ranch anymore, and now they're on the run from the ranch. Um so it, it, I guess it depends on what side you fall on. Uh what are your thoughts on all
2: that? Um I, I'm I'm with you a little bit on that. Like yeah, I get that some of that isn't important to the story per se, but I don't know, like with Michael Shannon's character I kind of I, like i want to know why the mom left why because like it was talks about how the person in charge of the ranch was the one like every kid he was adopting so it wasn't like anyone had their own kids they were all his kids so like what clearly that's something that I personally would have liked to see them kind of dive into and explain because something had to have happened to make her leave. And the other character who got removed that they first stop off at before oh, right. getting to the mother, like, I, I don't know. Like, clearly, yeah, like you said, it's a cult. There's some people probably left of their own accord because they, they realize like, this is messed up or other things. But, like... Unless we're informed, that's why they left. It, I, I don't know. Like, I would like to know what's going on with them. Uh, like, what made Roy decide this is what I want to do? Other than the fact that, like, people were able to look into the boy's eyes when he did the light thing, and they were seeing something, or he was showing yeah, they them were seeing something. something. Like that's really not a whole lot to go on to kind of understand the character motivations for me. And that that's a big deal for a lot of movies, especially sci-fi movies. Like you kind of need to have a good understanding of their motivations. So that way you can kind of follow along and be like, okay, yeah, I get why they're doing this now. Like this makes sense. Like I get that at the beginning he doesn't want anyone to feel sided with one side or the other or the government, but at a certain point you kind of need to have that start to happen.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, I do say that uh, that one of the one of the downsides to this script for me also was it's not, I think, as engaging on an emotional level as it could be. And I, I do think that having a better understanding of where these characters have come from and why they're doing what they're doing would be a great help for that, right? Uh, like you said, why did why, why did she leave the ranch? Was it because, you know, the the head of the ranch um, that uh, Calvin Meyer, uh, he's the head of the ranch, like is it because he adopted um, – is it because he adopted Alton? Is that what caused her to leave? Like she was so distraught, or something? Like it, we don't get answers to those questions. And yeah, it's like this battle between what's essential to know and what's left up to your own interpretation or your own idea of what it is. And I, on one hand, it, I don't need to be fed, forced fed, all of this stuff. But at the same time, giving a few nuggets would have been better. They could have had a conversation—not even a long one, even a couple of minute conversation between, you know, Roy and uh, Sarah about their son and what happened back in, at the ranch. You know, why why did they split up? I mean, was it just a short term fling? Uh, you know, were they together for a long time? I. I I don't believe we get that information in the movie. Um, we're just, you know, given this uh, this former couple, I guess, this uh, two people that had a child once, you know, 10 years or so earlier. Um, these are all things that I, I think would have been beneficial to know because it would have given us a, a stronger emotional core to this movie. We, we know that Roy loves his son. We can tell. Um, he's willing to do anything and everything for his his child, including killing somebody as they, they do shoot a, a, sta- a state trooper um, who I don't believe died. But um, could be wrong, but we never do find that out, I believe. Uh, but – so we know that he's willing to risk everything and that's fine. But – I think we needed to know more. I think we needed to know a little more of the backstory be- behind Roy and Sarah and the co- uh, the compound, the ranch, and um, kind of just give us a little more information about who they are. I think it would have lent a stronger emotional core to this movie, which ultimately would have made the ending, I think, resonate more.
2: Yeah, because uh, like it doesn't. The movie doesn't really tell us, like, other than them wanting to be alongside the boy on that day, we don't know what they were doing with him. Like, we don't know if it was bad or, like, were the—I don't know. Like, it it really could have been a—they might have—like, they might like they worshiped him. Like, they might have given him the most pampering treatment ever, uh, but we don't know. Like, we don't know what made Roy decide I have to now like, this is the breaking point. I have to get him out and why he is so hell bent on keeping him away from these people. Like the, the motivation is not as clear cut to know why he is so dedicated to getting him away from them.
1: Yeah. Again, we, you know, Like, what does it matter if he happens to be there on that day? Is it because he's supposed to be at this other location? And how has Roy come to believe that that is important? Um, Like, what is his specific motivation other than believing that his son, you know, A needs to get away from the ranch and B needs to be at the specific, you know, coordinates on the specific time at this specific day? You know, and again, I mean, this comes down to, you know... I I mentioned in last night's review we did uh, for Glass uh which is the the trilogy cabber for uh the M Night Shyamalan, you know, superhero trilogy of uh, unbreakable and uh split and now the final one and you know in that review uh I mentioned that when Shyamalan is at his best as a screenwriter he shows more restraint. He he tries to hold back a bit uh bit for him holding back. And he does let you, the audience, come to some conclusions for yourself or at least doesn't have to paint every action ahead of time or every every, uh, character let you know what they're going to do and then why they're going to do it, right? He lets you go, oh, they're doing it because of this or this is why they did that action, that thing, um, without telling you that. Uh, And when he's at his worst, it's when you get uh, movies like – like glass and and after Earth and some of the other ones that are bad for also other different you know different reasons or not just uh on a script level, <laughs> but he gets over expository in his dialogue he has to have everybody explain every single thing it just it feels like um you know he it's pedantic ultimately um and maybe Nichols. For I believe as is a good of a screenwriter as I feel like he actually is, because I think he is a good screenwriter and as good of a filmmaker is I feel like he is because I've seen some of his other movies. Um, I do think that he's kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum. Whereas Shyamalan can be over expository, I, I feel like at times Nichols can be on the much farther end of that spectrum where. He's so restrained, holding so much information back that could give us just some color to the film and to the characters and some of their motivations without having to have characters spell out every single thing. But you can give more than he's currently giving in this script. I think that's basically what we're saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, and uh, look, I like the characters. I do, I do. I, I think Roy's interesting as a character, uh, regardless of not knowing some of the reasons why he's deciding in this movie to do the things he's doing. Um, and one of the things that the movie does well is they take a character like Sarah, played by Kirsten Dunst, and when she's introduced initially, it's like, wow, you know, she kind of feels like um a third wheel in this movie, but eventually, it becomes. A story for her that is, um, it's like it's not just a story of her reconnecting with her ex-husband or whatever he he is, um, and her son. It's also about the last remnants of the hold that the ranch has on her. Okay, so the first guy we met. When Roy asks him if he missed the ranch, he said, Oh, yes, yes, very, I, I miss it very much. Uh, we don't really get that from Sarah, but if you look at her in this movie, she, she still has the same hairstyle. She has the braids, the same hair. It's, it's like she left the ranch, but she hasn't fully left the ranch. Okay. And when you get to the end of the movie, right after, um, Alton disappears, the last scene, I believe, of that movie, or actually the second to last scene in that movie, is her cutting her braid off. So it's like she's finally free from the ranch, fully free for the first time. Um, which I found to be interesting because it it in a way it's like you know nestled within this this lamb this uh, movie this people on a run uh, from the law is the story of, of a woman who reconnects with her child before he go- he goes away and also manages to finally break free from the ranch for good, which, you know, and, and again, it's not, they don't highlight it. They don't make it a big deal. It's just an aspect of her character and an aspect of her story, but they don't make sure that, you know, they don't ram you over the head with it and say, hey, look, um, it's just, it seems like a natural part of her character and her arc in this movie yeah Um, so let's talk about the end of this movie now some people have a problem with the way it ends in that given the restrained nature to this movie that it it decides to show you as much as it does is um, some people like it some people don't I'm on uh, the former I actually kind of liked what they did here uh, in that eventually Alton comes to realize what he is, that there are these other people. There's this other world basically that lays on top of our world that we can't see. So if you're sitting in your house now, right now, your apartment, that literally overlaying your your entire physical structure of your house is another – another building of some kind or or it's just another world uh we can't we can't see it, but it's there. it's like they're walking through us there's structures that are around us through us everything we just don't know that they're there. but that apparently is where Alton deserves to be and I I, I found it uh, I think satisfying in a lot of ways that through this entire screenplay, He's been so restrained in the information that he gives and the motivations and all this other stuff. And then finally at the end, he says, voila, this is actually what it's all about. So my question for you is what did you think of the revelations at the end of the movie? Did you feel like it was a good idea? Did you – do you wish maybe he had just not shown everything like he did or or what?
2: Uh, I – uh. There are parts of it I really like. I like the visual of it, and like being able to see like it is overlaying, and like it's part of, like it's really just like if another aspect. It's all on top of our current reality, and like really just got that aspect there. I I I don't know. I am of the mindset that like. It gave that, and it really was cool to see that. Mm-hmm. But other than showing us the other reality that he's from, it didn't give anymore. It, it showed, yeah, what some of these things look like, but you, I clearly that's not – I don't think that's exactly what they look like because it's – I don't know. Like, what, if they're beings of light, why would they need those structures? So, I don't think that's how they truly look. So, I think he was still even holding back more than, what, like, than this. Because, like, I don't know. I would have liked to see whether or not he transitioned to that. And that's just how we perceive those beings in that reality. I I don't know. I kind of wanted, I wouldn't say I wanted explanation. I just, I felt like it. it didn't didn't answer enough
1: so so you kind of like where it's you feel like it's frustratingly sitting in the middle where yes on one end either give us more or be more restrained give us give us even less than what we got you know maybe i don't know just show some being have the beings themselves appear and then disappear with alton or something like that as opposed to just giving us a, a a tantalizing glimpse and then Wait, I want yeah. to know more than that. What's going on? You know, uh, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it really was just like right in the middle because I just, it, it. Yeah, like I said, the great. Like it was really cool looking in the visuals of this other plane, but I, I want you, you. You gave me a taste of it. Let me get like. I want to know more about that area. Like, like give a little bit more of like the beings there or something like, or just show them appearing in the grass or in the wetlands. And there's just like some kind of doorway that they come out of and go to him and take him through it. Like, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm either be more restrained in that sense or, Give us more and, and yeah no I, I look
1: I get I get what you're saying uh, I really do um you know it's uh I guess ultimately I was interested as interested at the structures as anything else in the movie I was yeah. I was actually enthralled looking at you know some of the designs that he had come up with for this alien race. Uh, again, why do they need structures? All of that stuff. Yeah, there's just questions that we don't have answers to. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did like the ending, I guess, because it gave us at least some idea of as to the scope of what this all meant, right? Because if it had been, if it would have, he would have held back, and it would have been really, really small. I'm not saying it would have been impactful, but we got a real sense of the stakes uh who these beings are that there really is a world that that's laying right over top of ours and that these beings have been watching us for a long long time as alton says in the movie um so for me it worked because it allowed us to see what this was all for you know all all of the 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 car chases the 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 fights the desperation to get to this moment this is why this is what it was all for because alton ultimately ultimately needed to go to where he belonged what who the people his real people were now people are like well gee you know this doesn't make any sense you know how is this even possible you know he's he's got a mother right he's got a a father they're both humans right and how would he be this being like this doesn't make any sense Honestly, you're asking. If you're asking that question, then you're asking questions that don't don't really matter. Um, there's a lot of movies that are like that. That that, yeah that that wouldn't make any sense. But but uh, let me just say this: it might make sense. So let me ask you a question, Jacob. Did you see the last five seconds of this movie?
2: Uh, yeah. It was. Um it was him with uh, – in, in his prison jumpsuit, Roy was looking out into the sun.
1: Correct. Yeah. And did you notice anything different regarding – Yeah, there Roy. was like
2: some kind of light visual – like it was a, a lighting effect on him. Like S-
1: Right. And his eyes started to glow a little bit. If you go back and you watch that scene at the very end, yeah. the last three, four seconds of that of that, five seconds of that movie is look at his eyes, they start to glow brighter. Something like Alton would yeah. have. Uh, which is interesting. But again, it it just begs more questions, which is okay, so is this something that a lot of people have within them? if this is something that Roy has as well, has he known about it if that if he hasn't known about it then why is why does he seem to have this this power now why didn't he have it when he was younger it it's like, it brings up all these questions that you, that you don't have answers for yeah. you know it's just like okay yeah, interesting, so what does that mean? And again, movie's over. So you have no you have no answer to that question. The only thing it does kind of answer, I guess if it's true, is that well, okay, so if his father kind of has this this power, the, whatever it is inside of him as well, that's partially why Alton has this power. But again, why didn't this blossom within Roy when he was younger, you know? Um those are all these are all things we have no answers for. Yeah and And the only other thing I can think of, and this is the only way I can explain this is maybe he hasn't maybe it wasn't until he was in that little uh was it the shack or whatever I'm trying to remember in the movie whenever he and Alton were together by themselves, and you remember they saw that that place for a split second,
2: yeah, he was like, "I need to be in the daylight, yeah, and it was like out in an open field, right or that's what it was, like yeah. That.
1: So maybe in that moment, it somehow transferred some of this to Roy or something. I mean, it's the only thing I can think of. It's the only explanation, honestly, that makes any sense whatsoever. Uh, Uh,
2: I I could see one thing. What if it's not necessarily like he's getting power because of that? But they mentioned they're always watching, always able to see everything that the humans are doing. What if someone – was no longer content with just watching so what if i don't know say while they were conceiving this child they could like kind of go with inside and kind roy, of alter yeah.
1: it maybe alter the child
2: uh, well like either alter the child or take over take control of roy and like maybe at the end like that was alton do like kind of making that connection with him again okay so like maybe that's how it came to be i don't like it could have been that me i have no clue like you said it just (laughs) raises more questions but that's kind of what i was thinking like they like maybe they're kind of puppet mastering and making these connections with certain people to for the benefit of humanity of humanity or something maybe yeah maybe they're tired of just sitting by the sidelines maybe they need are feeling the need they have to start intervening it's interesting it is interesting so all right so um, why don't we give
1: our our script grade so um what did, what was your grade for the script
2: uh ultimately I gave it a seventy nine
1: okay um all right, so for me uh my script grade is just pull it up here um it is an 84 it's an 84 i i agree look the script i think is it's a it's a good script it's um it's smart uh it just maybe a little too restrained uh holding back a little too much information um i i appreciate it for what it tries to do i just don't think that it fully succeeds uh all right, so acting uh for this movie. Uh we got a good ensemble of actors here. Uh Egerton is is quietly been one of my favorite uh actors for the last few years. Um he's just somebody who's managed to come up through uh the acting world and give uh, uh consistently good performances. Um uh obviously Michael Shannon has been doing this for for decades now, and he's great. Kirsten Dunst, uh, I think another solid performance by her. Um, she doesn't have as much to work with, but I felt like she did a good job with what she had and she managed to make most of it, especially in the back end of the movie, where I th- what I think is the most emotional part for her role. I think it really works uh, well and I think she does a good job there. Mm-hmm. Sam Shepard is Sam Shepard. Guy's just awesome. I-, I don't think I've ever seen him give a bad performance in my life, uh, any movies i ever been in. Um, and Adam Driver, which, you know, hey, look, there are people that don't like Adam Driver as an actor, um, legitimately, they don't think he's a good actor. Um, I'm not one of those people. Um, uh, I think he's a good actor. And, you know, again, his character is, um, kind of like this young, almost school teacherish kind of vibe from him or something. He's always got, like, these glasses, some, like, trousers and a shirt, button-up shirt and this backpack. It, it, it's like he's jogging from you know, his class or something at college. Um, But I think he does a good job in this movie as well. Again, it's not a huge role, not given a whole lot of information about him as a character, but he does what he needs to do. Uh, So for me, I think acting wise, uh, it's, it's good. I think um, it's an 85.
2: Okay. Yeah. uh, A lot of really, uh, really good actors and good performances in this. Yeah. I, I don't, see why like too many people have a problem with adam driver i think he does a good job in a lot of the roles he's in yeah like i know people don't like him in the star wars movies but i don't think that's him i think it's their his character and people often can't separate the two yeah and they have that issue i thought he did a great job as being this one of the few people smart enough to help kind of figure out what's going on with this kid i think he did a great job with that um joel edgerton i uh, he he's a freaking chameleon yeah he is like freaking every like every movie he is in he just nails it it's different <laughs> yeah he, he does yeah like he is been in so many different kinds of movies i like from the gift to this to hell people probably don't even remember he was uncle owen in the prequels
1: yeah he's in, he in the was, movie uh called um Warrior uh we have to review it sometime it it definitely probably one of the most surprising movies for me for years yeah. years and years was uh Warrior which came out in i believe 2014 i believe or 13 uh Tom Hardy's in it as well it's phenomenal and he's a chameleon man you are totally right that's so spot on he's definitely yeah. a great actor
2: like he was one of the few things like Having watched Red Sparrow, he was one of the few things I actually liked about that movie. Was him, right? And and that's you know, I
1: I think Jennifer Lawrence is a great actress, but uh, that movie, he owned that movie.
2: Yeah, he he really did. He's just he's always spot on. Yep. Honestly, of the big named actors and actresses in this, I I don't mind him as an actor. I just didn't get a lot of. Other than when he was angry, I did not get too much emotion, at least for me, for Michael Shannon and his facial expressions. And it, it it's – I know it can't always be helped from him because he's got that face. Like he's just got this very stoic, stern face and it
1: – It's frustrating at times. He's, he's a great actor. He really is. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's fantastic. But I understand what you're saying the act, the character he's playing is a very no-nonsense uh reserved kind of guy and it doesn't lend to a lot of emotion yeah. to, to kind of tie you to the character
2: well and not just that like it, it, and so, other than the very end when he when he smiles when that light change visual effect happens there's a, like a couple other moments where it's kind of emotional scenes he just kind of he looked like he was in shock the entire time which it, it might have been for that like that might have been the point like he really was in shock like when that one house uh, the first person they visit like the freaking room started to get torn apart he uh, could have been in shock who knows i i but to me like it's like i said he did a great job i just no, michael shannon has that tendency to not be able to get across the emotional facial expressions as well as he i think he should be able to Mm -hmm. at least in this like although i did love the little nod to uh his role as general zod
1: yeah that was nice (laughs) that was
2: that was pretty cool what's (laughs) kryptonite
1: (laughs) what's what's kryptonite (laughs) (laughs) uh (laughs) Uh,
2: that was kind of funny because that made me that made me laugh like out loud, and he was just like, it's not real. Yes, it's not real. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, all in all, I would give it an 84. It was a lot of great performances, uh, acting-wise. Okay. Uh, Directing for uh, Jeff Nichols. So, um,
1: one thing I will say, I I gave him an 83, um, and on one hand, I wanted to give a higher grade, but the strength for him as a director is that he has got a great eye for composition and for negative space when it comes to uh, doing his scenes. So, a good idea would be or a good example of this would be uh, the car driving down the road, you know, and you're kind of behind the car, the camera's behind the car, and it kind of zooms off in the distance, and there's just a lot of black around. Uh, or there's a scene that in the movie where they're at the gas station and the camera's tilted up. And there's just a lot of negative space around the the actors. But then you see the burning satellite kind of come into the frame. Um, He's got a really good eye for all of that, for for the composition, uh, for his shots, placing the actors in the correct places to kind of maximize their effect. Um, So he's a good director. I mean, this is somebody – I think his his low-budget movies are kind of just his wheelhouse – I think he loves operating on the small scale because it means he can tell the stories he wants to tell without getting any pressure from the studio. But uh, if he was ever given the reins to something with a with a good budget, like a hundred million dollars or something, I'd be interested to see what he could do with it. Honestly, because uh, I think he has the talent to do a big budget movie, as long as he was given the ability to just do what he wants, which you know. <laughs> can't do that but you know uh if he could he i think he would give you something really cool but, yeah um, 83 for me
2: yeah uh, I'm just, uh literally on point same score 83 for me as well oh, okay. he did a good job with a lot of those scenes uh like the driving at night with the night vision goggles like it was Which really a cool
1: detail by the way
2: yeah 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 like it really was and it was really well done in the the meteor or meteor quote-unquote meteor the satellite shower yeah right (laughs) um was really cool and really well done i i I agree he definitely i don't know i don't think i wouldn't say he needs complete free reign because i think like somebody needs to kind of get him like like you said tell him like dude don't be so restrained like try and prod him or like get him to let more information out yeah might be helpful in that sense so like honestly i could see him doing really well with like marvel like a lot of times depending on the kind of movie they can have those moments where they give some free reign like with the guardians movies or something like that honestly i could see him doing really good job with some kind of space themed movie with them because he has the that affinity for those shots and I think he would do a really good job with that definitely needs to stay away from anything DC related they like to get way too involved uh, wow well, yeah <laughs> but, yeah there's uh, no doubt about yeah. that <laughs> I, I think like definitely a good bit of freedom but he does need a little bit I think I wouldn't say I don't like the word pressure, but I think some incentive to kind of open up and give more information, more detail to avoid this super restrained issue that we – that a lot of people had with this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a big budget movie would be really cool. I, I definitely think he needs to stay – I, I want to see him do more sci-fi mm-hmm. or something space-themed, like think he would do crazy good with especially with like the handling of that negative space. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, uh, yeah, he'd be just, good
1: for, he'd be good for a Star Wars movie.
2: Yeah. Like honestly, something like that would be really cool to see uh, him get a get his hands on would be really cool. It's, honestly, if, because they're doing Star Wars shows, yeah, if he'd be willing to, I could see him doing a really good job of like, cause they can let him build up a lot more on an episodic thing. Mm. So I think it'd be kind of cool to see him do one of those.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree. Uh, all right. So let's move on from directing to the uh, special effects. Um, you know, $18 million budget, it's not much to work with, but i tell you what, he does more with $18 million than a lot of directors do with a budget that's five times as much. Um, I don't know if he called in favors. I don't know if people worked – you know, overtime without getting paid or something. I'm I'm not sure. But I'll tell you what. Um, It just goes to show you that you can make a $20 million movie these days and it can look almost as good as some of the, the giant blockbusters. Now, obviously, this movie doesn't have as much special effects as some of these other big tentpole movies do. Um, but this shows you how good the special effects can be even with a small budget these days. So um, there's, I don't know how many scenes in this movie that involve special effects. I want to say, um,
2: I'd say definitely a good s- chunk of the last half.
1: Yeah, I would say overall there's there's definitely, uh, I'd say about a dozen scenes probably that have some level of special effects, whether it be just you know light coming out of the kid's eyes or him holding his hand up and and it, the lights kind of shining from his hand. Uh, or him and his father out out in the field, um, or at the very end, obviously with the structures. And that's probably the most impressive thing, special effects wise, is that you you know they had hints of what the capabilities of this kid were, but then when he unleashes that that sonic psionic energy, they kind of just sh- just shoots out. And I love that shot of oh, yeah. Earth, right, where you can see the the uh, Florida Panhandle. And you can just see this wave, this ball, or not even the ball, just this this dome of energy, kind of just spanned out over almost the entirety of Florida and into, you know, Alabama and Georgia, and um, just to see that, and it's 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 a beautiful shot. And then to see all the structures with the aliens and everything. I mean, say what you want about the how the aliens look, whether you feel like that's realistic or or whether you you know but i do have a few quibbles with that but i'll tell you what that stuff looks real the structures they're moving you know things are rotating within the structures it's really really top-notch stuff and uh, i think they did a really really good job with what they had to do uh and what they had to work with so i gave it um an 87
2: okay yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. Like the the structures look great. I loved those structures. I loved the shot from, from space on the, the psionic dome around the panhandle of Florida and everything like that. It was so cool and so well done. um I gave it a six. I'm in the same boat. I didn't really like the way the alien or the higher beings look. I to me, it, it looked like somebody took saran wrap around a a Christmas light kind of deal, almost like it, it. I don't know. I that's not how I like. I get they're supposed to be like these beings made of light. Yep. I I don't know. Like they looked really like.
1: <sighs> I almost wish, you know, when you kind of see sunlight being filtered through the trees or you try to look at something and it, and the light kind of splinters yeah uh, because you can't look at something directly uh or it's kind of um like have you ever seen like you know how when you see like light through through uh, a foggy morning yeah you know where the the light is kind of dispersed by the fog and the particles and everything I almost uh, wish that the beings you could tell that they were there but if you try to look at them directly you know that they're kind of shards of light in different directions like if they're gonna be made of light don't have them like these floating like glowing eye things or whatever yeah make them like even less obvious that they have an actual form you know than just they're light of some kind but you can't even directly look at them because you just can't make anything out
2: yeah either that or make it to where like heck even something like on the sense of like navi from the legend of zelda games like yeah. you can like you can't see the structure itself but you know that's there and it's just the light is emitting so you can't actually make out the outline of it like make it to where it's something like you can't see the the outline like make it glowing make it make it hard to look at like i had no pro- like these beings are made of light like i should not be able to just be like oh hey that's kind of neat like it should be kind of it should be bright it should be I don't know I think it would have been really neat like I get oh you don't want to not be able to see the things that everybody's been waiting for but if they're beings of light I don't want to be able to just look at them without hurting my eyes kind of deal like it's how if I were to imagine those it's like looking at the sun yeah Yeah, don't want to stare at it. Like, you kind of have to look at it in your peripheral without blinding yourself. Like, that's what I would have wanted more from those beings. Like, that's that's the kind of effect I would have really liked there. Like, it's understandable because of the smaller budget. Like, clearly a big chunk of it went into the buildings. But... Yeah, I'm the same boat as you. I would have liked them to look a little different.
1: Yeah. Okay, so uh, moving on here, editing and uh, pacing is. Um, I gave it an 84. Um, you know, I felt like the movie made clear its rhythms early on, in that there were going to be moments of definitely some adrenaline, some tension. Some action that's going to go on because you know there there were going to be moments where you know, some uh, fighting was going to ensue, guns and things like that, and chase sequences of some kind. But it all kind of felt low key enough, you know. It didn't feel over the top, put it that way. Um, yeah. But there was enough moments, and I think well sprinkled throughout the movie. Um, they weren't front loaded. They weren't put in the back end. Uh, but throughout the movie, there were moments where people were tension was rising, people were running, uh, kid was being grabbed, things like that. Um, but but other than that, the action would or the the pace would drop down to where we got it was like a slower burn, and then boom, sharp, slow burn, boom, sharp, up t- uptick in action. Uh, so overall, I actually thought it was pretty solid. Um, you know, I it, it got an eighty four for me
2: yeah uh yeah definitely really solid up uh, I, I gave it a 79 there there was something about it though that i just bothered you yeah it, it wasn't i don't know i i feel like it, it, i i think it was like too much of the fact that it was broken up and like the action stuff like I think it, it, it like tried to go back and forth too much. Like not, I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing to kind of go back and forth and kind of keep, try to keep that good balance. It, it, there were moments where it did a really good job of that. But then there were some times where it was like, you know, it was I don't know, like the scene where they were in the first got back after the uh, him being out in daylight kind of thing and just So jarring and so out of nowhere, you kind of was like, "Oh!" Uh, By the time we, I like, you realize what's going on. It's done again, and it's like, "Hold on, wait a minute!" Like they just got shot, and and we're already back to like the non-action, slower pace, and watching the them go chase after them, and it's like, it seems like it's gonna get keep up with that pace of high action, and then it's like. I don't know, slowly peters off and it's now we're in this room with the boy in Sevier. Uh, so I I think it, so there are a lot of a lot of really well done parts in the pacing, but there were just some, I think it was too much, uh, too many times it was broken up and back and forth. Like it would have been nice to have it more like less clump, or less clumps of those to where it wasn't as jarring.
1: Okay. All right. Um, all right, so moving on here, uh, rewatchability. Um, I gave this movie a 70. Um, and, and I gave it a 70 because it's a movie I feel like as much as I I respect it and I appreciate what it does and everything, I, I have to be in the right mood to watch it. Um, I enjoy that it's a small movie. Uh, but it's also not one I'm just going to throw on all the time either. This is now the third time I've watched this movie. Uh, I'm sure I'll watch it again, but I don't feel like I'm in a rush now to where I have to go back and rewatch this again, if, you know, uh, quickly. I, I'm not going to watch this probably in the next few months. Maybe, you know, next year I'll watch it again or something, but I don't feel like I have to sit down and watch it yet again
2: for a while. Uh yeah, I'm I'm kinda in the same boat. It, it it's a movie though, like I feel like you kinda have to watch more than once to kinda pick up on some stuff because of the fact that he's so restrained in it and so reserved in the information he's giving. So like you kinda have to pay attention to the scenes and the details and whatnot of it. So like if you miss something, you kinda have to go back and watch it again. Mm -hmm. um i i wouldn't i'm in the same boat like you have to be in a certain mood like give it a couple of days like you can't just watch it back to back to back to back by any stretch because that's just not gonna work (laughs) yeah no it's it's really not but like at least for me like the second time i watched it i had to give it a couple of days let it kind of settle go back so i could kind of pick up on some of those details and some of that information just to because you blink and some things you will miss Gotcha. Uh, but yeah it's one of those it, you have to be in the the mood to watch um, but i give it an 80
1: okay all right all right so uh adding up all the grades uh our combined scores for uh script is 81 for acting it's 84 uh for uh, directing, it's eighty three, for special effects, it's eighty six, and for editing and pacing, it's eighty two, and a seventy, a seventy five for rewatchability. Um, so let's see, and then, uh, the overall score. Let us see here. Me figure this out real quick. Overall score is gonna be. In 83. So, uh, you know, I think a a pretty good grade, you know, for a a movie like this. I think there's a lot to like about this movie. I think there's definitely a lot more to like than there is to dislike. You know, we both agree, you know, we do have quibbles with this movie, Uh, issues definitely on a, on a script level. There are some things that I feel like they could have done better. And, you know, it's something that. Uh, is it's not a slight on Jeff Nichols it's just it's it's a dense it's a dense movie um mm-hmm. it's got a lot of great ideas but he's not going to make it easy for you um by any stretch as a viewer you have to do a lot of legwork for this movie so uh so your overall grade is an eighty two, my overall grade is an eighty four, and of course that comes out to an eighty-three.
2: I was about to say that's been a first in a long time we've come so close. Yeah,
1: to usually we, we've been we've been further away, uh so, which is good. It's not a bad thing. It's certainly, you know, hey, our scores are our scores and <laughs> we don't discuss uh this stuff prior, you know. Um we we have our grades and then we add them up and here you go. So uh, but this is pretty close for us, you know. Obviously, yeah. game with two points. Uh, all right, so eighty three. Well, that's it. Uh, solid score, I think, for Midnight or Midnight Special. And I do encourage you to go watch it. There's definitely a lot to like here in this movie. So hopefully, it's uh, something that you'll be interested in checking out. You're gonna see shades of Stranger Things. You're gonna see shades of uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You're going to get – even just apart from that being that kind of movie, also Shades of Spielberg uh, in here. But uh, ultimately, it's a good movie. Uh, I don't think it's a great movie, but it's a good movie, and it definitely is worth checking out. So, uh, Jacob, thanks for joining me on the podcast, and uh, we'll be back in two weeks for another review. Sounds good. All right. All right, everyone. See you next time. Thanks. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Freaking Geeks Podcast. Be sure to visit freakinggeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com freakinggeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. Now, if you'd like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanich. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks.